0: Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast, and thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, my friend Quint Studer is back on the show with us to talk about his latest book, The Busy Leader's Handbook drawing on his 30 years plus experience in helping organizations of all sizes and leaders at every level reach peak performance. This book contains the approaches that have proven to get results time and time again. While we can't cover everything in the book, We're going to highlight or Quint's going to highlight a few of the leadership tips today. And so we'll talk about a couple of those tips and some best practices that you can put in action right away. So, Quint, thank you for being on our show again. And it's always a pleasure to have you with our listeners.
1: Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: That's great. So let's talk about I've had an opportunity to to go through your book and go through many books. And you and I've had an opportunity to write one together. So I uh, just love reading your books and always learn a great deal from them. But this is a new book for you, your newest book. So talk about based on where you are right now, and what you see, Quint, why did you write this book?
1: Well, you know what? I, I look at my life, I leave everything on the field. And so when I, I write my books, I write them for very specific reasons. And they're usually so people can perform better. That's the whole goal and I always want people to come out with two things. One, I want them to feel better about what they can do. I mean, I love when they read a book and say, wow, I feel really good because I'm doing most of these things, you know? So I like when people get, sort of feel good about reading a book, not sit there and say, oh, how bad I am. And the other thing I, I write books for is to really give specific tips on best practices. And this book, my, my big concern is, I think the toughest job anywhere is being in the middle. So, for example, I think being a principal is hard because you're in the middle. I think being a manager, a supervisor is hard because you're in the middle. So, you're told not to weed they, which is hard not to weed they. You're told to cascade information. There's so many things that you're told to do that I just worry about middle managers. That's why you're in the middle. You're squeezed from the top and squeezed from the, the bottom, if there is a bottom. So, I really wrote this book thinking. Like when I wrote my book, Healing Physician Burnout, it really was meant to make help physicians feel better about what they do. I wrote this book to make middle managers' lives better.
0: So, you know, when you were talking about, I think about my uh, my history as a leader and I was a chair of a department in a university and that was, it's really frontline leadership where you're dealing with faculty issues and then you're working for the dean and for yeah. the president. And you're right. If, I, if somebody asked me, what was the hardest leadership role I had? I think that was it.
1: I think it's always it. You know, we get promoted. We're in this position, even if we've had training. I'm thinking of schools today. You know, there's no doubt that this virus is going to hit tax dollars, taxpayers. So there's a really good chance that schools might have less money. just read in a school district the other day that decided not to pay their coaches for spring sports, even though they were canceled. Now, it might make made a lot of sense, but an athletic director somewhere has to explain this to his coaches so his coaches doesn't say, well, thank you for fighting for us. God, we hate that superintendent of schools. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: And then that's the right. superintendent of schools can't say, well, if it was up to me, you'd be paid. But you know how that lousy school board is. And so I think the middle is hard. And I think the other thing about the middle, Janet, and I've learned, and I have to, now, if I went back and did some other, I always think differently. I've been a big player of something called LDIs, Leadership Development Institute's where people go off for a day or two days for intense training. I still like them. But what I've learned about middle managers is I can go and really enjoy four-hour training on maybe a difficult conversation or a four-hour training on lean or Six Sigma or Baldridge or, or process improvement or a four-hour on how to select and onboard. And I'm gonna get a lot out of it. But when I go back to my job, I'm gonna be so busy I'm not gonna think of those things until I need them. But the problem is I had the training 18 months ago or six months ago. So I wrote the book as a desktop book that says, ah, you know what? I've gotta hire somebody. I can open up this chapter and remind myself the best way to select. Oh, I gotta have a difficult conversation with someone. I can go to this chapter and I can read up on how to do that. So I really wanted to make it sort of a desktop guide for managers, because most managers are just-in-time people.
0: Great, Quint. So you know, as you think about what's in the book, you know, maybe just pull out three tips, three topics today, and best practices, and get explaining why, what, and how for each.
1: I did my homework, Doctor Pilcher. Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I see. I thought you would. <laughs> um,
1: I, 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 my favorite. I shouldn't say this. I was with John. Ma- I had the t- treat to be with John Maxwell noted author this last year. He he selected four people in the world that he thought were transformational leaders. And I was one of those four. And I got to spend a, a day with him and one-on-one time. And somebody asked him in the group setting, what's your favorite book? And he said, the one I'm always working on or the one I just did. And I sat there and said, oh, that's sort of not true for me. I have some I like better than others. (laughs) But I will tell you, this is probably right now my favorite book. And and one of the reasons is is just the way it's written. We also have favorite chapters in your favorite book. And my favorite chapter starts off right off the bat with chapter one, is it really comes down to be aware, self-aware, and be coachable. Because I think that opens the door. It reminds me of healthcare when you're doing CPR on a patient or, you know, we will be a patient. If you don't open up that airway, no matter what else you do, isn't going to work. And I think as a leader, it all comes down to how self-aware am I and how coachable am I? So, you know, Janet, when you and I go back, when we first started our first school district together, we did a, a, an employee attitude survey Yeah. and principals got it. And there were 18 principals. Six of them were, wow, these are good principals. Six of them were, they're okay, but they could use some improvement, but they're pretty good. So 12 out of 18 were in this, wow. There were about four of them that you had concerns about, but if they really probably put effort into it, they could be better. And there were two that were just train wrecks sitting in that school district. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and and the, the wild thing about it is when we wrote out the survey, the ones that fought the data the most were the train wrecks. That that That's couldn't and and the reason is they were train wrecks is they never obviously got the self awareness that to realize that how the teachers felt about them, you know where they were at. So I think the self awareness, which is how to ask for feedback, because it's key. I, I do this all the time. You can call almost anyone that reports to me. And one of the questions I will say to them is, "Hey, am I off the grid here? Is my thinking a little messed up?" Help me make sure I don't go somewhere I don't want to go because I'm thinking I'm going in the right spot, Yeah, but, but I can be lost. So I think asking for feedback, um, not, not shooting the messenger when we get the feedback, because once you're defensive, you just shut down, shut down the whole place. And I really think seizing every opportunity to develop ourselves. So for example, with this pandemic, my institute, the Student Community Institute, we offer a ton of great leadership training. We opened it up for free for a month. We had 1,800 people from like so 30 states go onto our website for training. And this is mostly geared, as you know, toward Escambia County, Florida. Right. Yet we had some people in Escambia County, Florida that didn't get the training. So yeah. I go back <laughs> to take advantage of all the skills that you can. Will Dunaway, who's an attorney at Clark Partington Law Firm, Dropped me a note last night and said he watched one of our videos and he's gonna here's what he's gonna do with his team today based on watching Amanda Hintsman video. And he actually gave us a donation and opened up to all of their attorneys and staff. Take this time when you got a little bit of a pause to sharpen your skill set and become more self-aware and more coachable. So that's that's one of my favorite, favorite chapters.
0: I just heard you say a little bit too, Quint. I mean, sometimes in a time like this, it's even more difficult to become self-aware, yet it's more important too. I mean, would you kind of agree with that, you know, based on where we are?
1: Well, because what happens when you're under stress, you notice what's wrong instead of what's right. Mm -hmm. And I did a seven minute, 56 second video this week to all the employees, just talking to them about what we're going through, what we're handling, But reminding them it takes three positive to every one criticism. Because, you know, because cleanliness is at a whole different level, you go into the shops and you think, oh, my God, they're so dirty. They're probably not as dirty as we think, but we've changed what we're comparing the bar to. Or we just we're spending so much time with each other. We're noticing way more what's wrong than what's right. That's right.
0: Yes. You know, it's because we're so yet I think about um, I was I did a webinar yesterday really focused on teaching and learning and to teachers and teachers and what they can do to help parents and what's what's happening in classrooms or the classrooms are not behind the four walls anymore. They're becoming very transparent to parent and family. So what seemed to be right may not seem right and parents are more critical now you know just what you're talking about
1: yeah parents are you know be careful what you ask for because we want a parent involvement yeah when are they going to get out of the classroom (laughs) yeah and i mean by closer it depends on of course where you work but i'm talking about home and personal relationships Mm -hmm. i'm talking about because in our shops so many workers maybe because of fear have decided to work less hours so some are working more hours. Some because um you know they're zooming. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, I, I just think we, we have to realize that under stress like this, we just te- things tend to bug us that we probably would have not let bug us. So yeah. I keep pushing back to you know today I wrote a note to everyone and I said it's National Thank a Coworker Day. I I think I just invented a, a day. <laughs> but I said. Thank a coworker. And then I wrote some notes to two coworkers right off the bat to role model. That's one of the things I think we have to be really afraid of is we just it's those like those monkeys in the zoo that just keep picking at each other all the time. We gotta be real careful. We don't wear each other out by noticing what's wrong instead of what's right.
0: Yeah, it's great advice. As we sum up today, Quinn, and thinking about your book, and I know this is really a big question, but you know, if there's one thing that you would recommend for people to do to be a great leader, and that doesn't, I you know, always say, leaders don't have to be in a position, right? We can, we're all leaders. What would you recommend that we do to be great leaders?
1: I think there's a number of things you can do, but I think we have to spend more time explaining the environment and the. I know we can get into the why, the why, the why. I'm, I'm even more out on tell the why. But anyway, I, I think what I mean when we say tell the why, it's we gotta be much more specific on bringing the external environment into the conversation that we haven't had to do before. But talk about, here's what's happening externally. Here's how that's happening internally. And based on that, here are some of the actions that we need to take to do the best job we can. Our message has been, we're committed to building your skill set. Even if we end up having to shrink our size, we, some people might have to leave, but we want you to leave with a better skill set than when you came in. So I I think you have to be a much better communicator than you've ever had to be before. And the other thing, and you said one thing, we're taking more time practicing messaging. Because what we're finding is our, it's like the game of telephone. So if you're not careful with messaging, if I send a message and then they send a message, because you don't want to always have it come from you. You want to give your managers messages. We're having people repeat back the messaging to us now. So I would do this. If I, mm-hmm. Again, going back to we're not paying our coaches at work in the spring. Yeah. I can tell the athletic director we've made that decision. But then I'm going to say, and you know, you need to explain it to the coaches. Oh, yeah, I get it. I will. Well, I'm going to say to the athletic director, I'm one of the coaches now explain to me how you're gonna explain it. We're having people repeat back the messaging door because we think in this time you have gotta be so, because people are overly sensitive to what they're hearing, yep. what they're seeing. It really is amazing. We're, we're finding people are noticing things that they didn't notice before. Yeah. And so I, I think we've gotta be really careful on practicing our messaging.
0: I think that's great advice and, uh, you know, something I can take back with me. I think we talk about how they can message good keywords, making sure that the that we're looking at the right outcome. You know, what's the outcome we want to get when we're trying to communicate and making sure we build our messaging around that. But I love what you just did where you kind of do role reversal, like you yes. be the person you're communicating oh, with okay. and feel feel it, right? See what that feels like to you.
1: Well, people ask me, how do you think of these things? by air. We had this situation happen this last week. We had a message get cascaded down and the person that gave the message thought they cascaded it correctly Mm -hmm. and it wasn't correctly. Then the person that got it is so sensitive and it was completely misinterpreted. So we're saying now, we just have this meeting this week is, for the time being, we don't want you to feel bad, but we're going to ask you to practice with us how you're going to message us to other people so we can make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, because so, you know it's a different game of saying here's how you message it. It's different saying please, and then we don't allow them to say oh I would say this. No no no. Mm-hmm. You know you wouldn't. You're not going to say to them I will say this. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to message it as if I am that person.
0: I love that. I think that's great advice for all of us uh, to take and a way for you to be a, our teacher to help us. Help us learn and change our own behavior.
1: So, Quint, what's the best way for our listeners to purchase your book? Well, I think they can go to, um, they can probably go online to Wiley. I think what I love to do is have them just contact me, Quint at com. Great. You know it's sold by Wiley. I can probably get them better pricing. <laughs> and I'm, you know, at this time, people are looking at reducing expenses. But I do think this is a great book to give to a middle manager it's a great book I think I read this Janet if I was a principal because again I have a school background Mm -hmm. I read this if I was a principal would this book help me and I said absolutely this is a great book for anyone a middle manager because of my educational background and so where I lean from I think it's particularly a great book for people that work in school districts um, in that middle management role
0: and that's really helpful to us because we use, um, you know, just use so many of, of your teachings and your resources. So I think as we begin to, to use the book, I think we can, we can target that book very specifically to our middle managers and, and provide help to them. So also, Quint, as we send out the information on the, with the podcast and put it on our website, we'll put your contact information there as well with the book so that they can reach out to you.
1: With you connections, know, that, you know, pe- people have this crazy concept. The first thing people say to me when they contact me is, "I know you're busy. I know you're busy," and and I I tell them, "Don't be selfish." There's two things that I that excite me in life, and there's a lot of things that excite me. But you, when you ask me when I feel fulfilled, it's when I'm being creative, which you allow me to be on these podcasts. I'm very grateful to you, and when I feel useful. So so you know, I, I did a a. a faculty member of North Texas, and master's in healthcare administration program on LinkedIn said, God, is there ever a time when you could speak to my class? <laughs> so I, I got on and we did a um, Zoom and I talked to his whole class. I had a small little 35 bed hospital contact me and they were going through such tough times. Um, I know this is crazy, but is there any way you could ever talk to our leadership team? So I'm gonna do an hour, talk to their leadership team. Um, The only thing is I do it for nothing. You can't pay me because if you pay me, then it's no longer I'm doing it because I'm passionate and I'm very passionate about what I'm doing. So I would encourage people to contact me because you then give me an opportunity to be useful and I'd be very grateful for that.
0: Yeah, and we would be very appreciative as well. I I know I tell stories all the time about the opportunity I had when I moved out of the university to come to Studer Group and to travel with you and to be on site with you and to learn from you. It was learning from your presentations and your interactions with people, but it also, Quint, was just, you know, sitting right by your side and and learning through our conversations. And that's what this is about. I just wanted to give other people an opportunity to have those types of conversations
1: with you as well. each other. I remember we were writing our book together. If you remember, we had that phone call about the tone of the book. Yes. And how we need to make it a tone of the book, because I I just find I don't want to read a book and feel worse. I want to feel better.
0: You you taught me so much. In fact, uh, one of our new colleagues, Mary, when uh, one of the first conversations I had with Mary is to say there's, and when writing, there are ways that I've learned from Quint on how to message and how to write. And um, I learned that from him. And I'd love to share those learnings with you because it's made a difference for me and the impact that I've been able to make. That's always, Clint, front and center in my mind.
1: Thanks. When I look at my columns each week, I really want to stay away from you should do this or this or that. Because when I say that word, I'm pointing a finger and I don't mean to do that. So yeah, I just don't want to stop. I'm not here to impress people how smart I am. I write a book. So people can learn and have better lives because our our whole goal, you know I'm an old special ed teacher, the whole goal is to help people be the best person they can possibly be.
0: you got it, and that's what we're all about, so thank you, Quint, for being with us today and um you know just really really uh being part of our work and the influence of our work and just being with our listeners today. So thank you so much, and I think for our listeners, if you want to do one thing in terms of taking action, get the book you know, buy the book. Um, Really look at it, whether you're a middle manager or somebody who wants to be a leader, just look at the recommendations that Quint has and pick a page or two that interests you and keep coming back to that book because it'll be something worthwhile for you from now and, and throughout your years as a professional and probably in your personal life too. So you can learn more leadership tips from Quint. By following him on social media, we'll get information to you and you can get a copy of that book in, in your hands. And also go back and listen to episodes number 71 and 75 um, with the other interviews that we've had with Glenn and the conversations. So thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. As always, I look forward to connecting with you in our next podcast as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence. So as Quint said, we can be our best at work and we can be the best people that we can be. Have a great week.